Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today I want to talk about the word overcome. O-B-E-R-C-O-M-E. I read these articles about how people overcome their depression, overcome their suicidal thoughts, overcome their childhood and tragedies. And to me, it denotes that there is a success, that we faced it head on, we challenged it, we battled it, and then we came out on top. And now we don't have to deal with it again. It's done. It's in the past. For a lot of us, we don't overcome depression. We don't overcome our childhood tragedies, traumas, our suicidal thoughts. There there is no success. At the very best, what we can do is cope with our depression, is cope with our suicidal ideations, cope with our childhood traumas. Let me read to you the definition of overcome. Overcome, according to the dictionary, is to succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, to defeat, prevail, to overpower or overwhelm. I don't know about you, but there have been moments where I thought that I overcame my depression, my suicidal thoughts, my childhood traumas, only for them to rise up again like some monster in a horror movie, like Jason or Michael Myers or who's the guy from Nightmare, Freddy Krueger. They just keep coming back over and over and over again. So the word that I need that empowers me is cope. And, and I, I, I really want you to feel this and, and absorb this because the definition of cope means deal effectively with something difficult. See, that definition to me sounds, oh, oh, another definition, hold on, have the capacity to deal successfully with. See, that denotes there's some innate quality that we have some innate ability, characteristic, resource, tools that we have to effectively cope with our depression, to effectively cope with our suicidal thoughts, to effectively cope with our childhood traumas, our feelings of overwhelm, our hurt, our pain, our grief, our fears. I love the word cope. It sounds 
week, right? Let's be honest. It's, it sounds so much cooler for, for us to say, I, I overcame that or uh, I know how to overcome it and I'm done. And, and when, even when we read it, it, it sounds cooler to say, you know, how she overcame the blah, 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 how he overcame the da, da, da. No, cope, uh, cope sounds kind of passive, like you're putting up with it. But in reality, it means to deal effectively, to be effective. Who, talk to me now, who amongst us does not want to feel effective? Like we can have an impact. Like what we do, what we say, how we move has an impact, makes a difference, is effective. I would love to know that if we're having a conversation and we're trying to get you unstuck or from A to B, that I can effectively talk you down or talk you through or effectively talk with you to be effective, especially when things get difficult. When your child is throwing a tantrum, is upset, is crying uncontrollably, wouldn't you want to know how to deal effectively with the tantrums? Instead, when we talk about overcoming, overcoming is like they threw the tantrum, they got upset, and we succeeded at squashing it, and now we don't have to deal with it anymore. Is never going to come up again. Oh, but life doesn't work like that. Life, life has challenge after challenge after challenge. And so to know that we have that ability to cope. You know, when you're feeling heavy, when you're feeling anxious or worried, to say, okay, how do I cope with this? Do I want to write it out? Talk it out? Do I want to cry it out? Do I need to walk it out? Or do I want to be distracted from these emotions? How do I want to cope? with this emotional landscape, this emotional upheaval. And if you apply a tool, say you get upset and you say, okay, I'm going to sit down and just write it out. And then you check in with yourself 20, 30 minutes later, you can say, hey, did that tool, did writing it out, deal with the emotions effectively. And if yes, boom, I got a tool. Did walking it out deal with the emotions effectively? Yes, boom, I got a tool. If it's no, then you know, okay, when I'm upset, I need to try something else. Maybe I need to call someone, right? And then if you call someone and you feel more upset, the emotions feel more intense, and you go, okay, maybe that's not the person to call. 
if you feel less intense, you go, okay, maybe that's a person I can I can call again. But when we take that time to reflect on what has helped us to cope effectively in difficult times, now we feel empowered. Write that down. I can put it in my journal. Boom, I got this weapon. I got this tool. It's like a video game. It's like, oh, I need, I know I need this sword and this knife and that gun and that shield and this armor to make it through the next level. Then you get to that level and you succeed. And then you go, okay, I don't need the shield or the knife. I just need this and that to make it through the next. So you start learning what weapons, what tools, what resources, what people, places, and things can help you cope. And I say places because sometimes coping with our emotions is can be as simple as changing our locations going to a coffee shop going to a museum driving around in our car going to a friend's house visiting a neighbor it could be as simple as instead of being in the house sitting on a balcony hanging out in the backyard going in the garage, maybe clean the car, rearrange some things, change our location. Maybe even read a book that's from another time period. If we can't physically travel, we can mentally travel. Maybe something futuristic, something from the past, maybe something from the present, but in another location. If you're on the East Coast, something in the West Coast. If you're in South America, something that's happening in Europe. If you're in Asia, you know, something that's happening in Australia. There's so many ways for us to travel, for us to cope, to deal effectively with difficulty. And here's the thing. We so easily forget our effective coping mechanisms. You ever wake up feeling incredible, amazing, and you're like, wow, I slept really great last night. And instead of taking note as to what we did the day before or the past few days, we're just grateful and then we just keep it moving. But that's a time to figure out hey, what did we do these past couple days that impacted us, that allowed us to get that great night's sleep so I can continue to scale that? Sometimes we naturally cope with things or accidentally find ways of coping with things that are difficult. Sometimes just taking a nap helps us to cope or you know, a good night's sleep. Sometimes I have a friend who would read books on her Kindle and iPad before she went to bed. And then she started reading paper books and realized that reading paper books allowed her to sleep more effectively. 
the iPad, the Kindle, the lights, the whatever it is. She doesn't know, but there's something about reading from a device versus reading from a book that kind of slows down her ability to fall into that deep REM cycle. But when she reads a book, oh, and then she's done, it's lights out, nighty-night. She found an effective way to cope with her sleep issues. Go from iPad to book. Some people would maybe take a melatonin or a NyQuil or some type of sleeping aid. So we always are looking to take something to cope with the difficulties in our lives and not recognizing that it comes down to a behavior change for some of us. Some of us require something prescriptive, a pill, a medicine, a, a, you know, what have you, some type of external source of coping with it. But for a lot of us, it comes down to a behavior change. This is valuable because sometimes when things circle back around in our life, when the pain comes back, when the hurt, when the painful memories circle back around, we go, why? Why is this happening again? I've I, I, I been to therapy. I journaled. I should be over this. We, we think I should be over. So you go, here goes that word. I should be over this. Should you be? You know, I've been to Texas. I don't know if you've ever been to Texas. It's very flat. It's so flat. And I've driven across Texas. It's flat and it makes it boring. Just straight roads flatlands, nothing to see. You have no concept of time or space. But then you go to a place like Colorado, there are mountains, hills. There's some parts that are flat. Like there is ever-changing terrain that keeps you engaged, keeps your eyes open, keeps your head slightly on a swivel but in a soothing way because it's trees and birds and lakes and waters and mountains. And then sometimes you, you reach the plateaus and it's just an ever-changing landscape. It's almost like your screensaver constantly moving and, and morphing into something new. And it keeps you engaged. And I, I bring up Texas versus uh, Colorado to say, we think we want Texas. We think we want our lives to be flat and even and, um, you know, everything routine, no problems, no mountains, no lakes, no, no peaks, no valleys, just straight across. I just, I just want things to be smooth. That leads, can lead to boredom. And, Boredom can be painful, painfully boring. 
You ever been in a very boring lecture? A, a boring anything? It's so painful. You start slinking down in your chair. You're looking at your watch. Your, your posture changes. You can't breathe. You feel like you're suffocating. That, to me, on some level, can be Texas. And then you have a place like Montana. It's like fresh air, high altitude, changing landscapes, moving around. You go over one mountain, you come down. Guess what? There's another one. Now, after you go over that first one, you could think to yourself, hey, I've overcome that mountain. But there's so many more mountains. There's so many more. And so can you or can your car effectively cope with going up, down, and around the mountains? If you have a, a brand new car, a car that you've, not even a brand new car, but if you have a car that you've been taking care of and that has the engine and the transmission and the brakes to, the, to navigate and handle all the ups and downs and arounds, then you can enjoy the ride. So think about your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. If they've been maintained, if you're aware of what gear you need, what shift you need, it's like, it's not about hoping that there will be no more mountains. It's like, okay, how do I drive the car up, down, and around the mountains so that I can effectively navigate this ever-changing terrain? And I understand, nobody wants to spend their life going up and down mountains. That can get boring and old very quickly also. But remember, we're talking about Colorado. Not all of it is up and down. It's not like San Fran. <laughs> so what I'm saying to you is ask yourself how... Do you want to cope? How can you cope? And how have you coped effectively with what you're going through? How have others coped effectively with what they're going through? And don't buy into the hype of people who say they've overcome this or overcome that. They're still struggling with it. There's an article about a young woman. I'm not going to say her name. Um, and there's so many... She has so many articles about how she's overcome her depression. And these articles date back five, ten years ago. And yet, currently today, on her social media, she's talking about how she's now struggling with depression again. Oh, I thought we succeeded at overcoming depression. We haven't. A lot of us some of us do. Some of us have that one bout with depression and they Gucci and they right back on it. But for a lot of us, and I'm assuming a lot of you who are tuning in, have to find ways to cope with depression when it rears its ugly head. Finding ways to cope with pain 
when it shows up again. Finding ways to cope with pressure when it pops back in. Finding ways to cope with grief. How do we deal effectively with something difficult? Because once you got the tools, now you're not worried. Like, if you know how to change a car on a tire and you got a tire, you're not worried about popping a tire because you because you know how to effectively cope with changing a tire. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers that are listed in all of the show notes, whether you're in New Zealand or New York or New Mexico. <laughs> I was New Guinea, Papa New Guinea. <laughs> um, you can chat, talk, text. You can always go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.